Welcome back to the Real Life Moms podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Foster, and I couldn't be more excited to have you here with us today. Each week, we bring you inspiring moms that share their journeys along with their valuable resources and strategies to help us find our passions, overcome obstacles, and create the life we truly desire. Just like many of you, I once felt stuck and unsure of what I wanted or needed, but I made a decision to invest in myself. And let me tell you, it changed my life. Not only am I a proud mom of two teenagers and the host of this podcast, but I even opened my own business. And now I'm living the life that aligns with my passion and purpose. And I want you to be able to do the same. So if you're ready to join me on this journey, let's dive into this week's episode and start creating the life that you desire. And today I am here with Kelly Forsyth. She is a work-life balance and productivity life coach. She specializes in helping working moms reclaim their time, maximize productivity, and reduce stress at both home and work. Thank you, Kelly, for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about you, Kelly, because it is December, and December to me is fun, but also stressful. I mean, Hanukkah is ending, Christmas is beginning, New Year's, and all that comes with lots of stuff for parents. So with your expertise, and you're not only a life coach, but you're also a mom of four boys. Yes. So you're in the thick of it too. I'm excited to hear just what we can do to make this time easier. Yes. I think first off, it's not just you. I think it's you, me, and every mom and woman out there who's like, okay, holidays, love it. And also very chaotic. Yes, totally. (laughs) And I know like a big pain point for parents at this time is like time, time management, how to be still working and helping your kids do whatever they're doing and still manage time in the holidays. So Do you have just little hacks that you just love to tell parents what to do to help us during this time? Yes, such a great question because I I don't know if this is an an us thing, like this time we live in, or if this has been forever, but I definitely think social media is a disadvantage to us where we see all the amazing ideas. Like, I don't know, just even when you were just talking, I think about like even remembering, like having the time to remember to like move the elf at night. Like there's just so many amazing, fun ideas. And I think social media is great to be able to get ideas. But if we try to implement them all, it's just not going to work. We're going to feel so overwhelmed. So like burning the candle at both ends. And so I think the most important hack that applies to, you know, the holidays, but just life in general is really prioritizing and really, really getting clear on what is most important to you. What kind of traditions do you want to have in your family for your kids and really letting everything else just fall by the wayside Mm because there's just so much good stuff, you know, we can't do it all, but we can do the things that matter most to us. So really taking those things and owning it. Oh, I love that. So like if you sleep through the elf thing for those that do elf on the shelf, which was new to me. Okay. Honestly, when my kids were little, that was not something I grew up with because I didn't celebrate that growing up, but then I celebrate all holidays now. (laughs) That elf can kill a parent. I'm sorry, because you forget to move it, you feel guilty. But if that's not a priority for you, then right, maybe it's something else. Totally. Like in my family, we don't do the elf either. But I (laughs) have like a sister in law who does the most elaborate elf on the shelves every night. And she loves it, you know, And so I think it's being able to celebrate other people's traditions and be like, oh, that's so great, but not feeling the need to like, oh, 
in order for my kids to have a magical season, I need to take that on my plate as well. Just really choosing what do we want to give and then celebrating what everyone else is giving and not the need to compare or to, you know, match each other's traditions. Yes, totally true. What else do you do to help yourself get through this time? Start early. Just when you were talking about, you know, getting anywhere, leaving the house, we for sure start earlier than most families. But I think when it like going back to priorities, you have to prioritize before you plan. So obviously, I'm a huge time management coach, what comes with that is a lot of planning and a lot of resources there. Mm -hmm. And so really taking the time to know what's important first, right? Step A is know what's the most important to you. I like to tell people to come up with their top five and then planning out based on those priorities first. I I think right now this season, self-care is going to fall by the wayside for most people. But if that's one of your priorities, which I highly recommend, it's everyone's one of their top priorities, that needs to be scheduled first. That's one of the most important things to get on your calendar, whether it's 15 minutes or three hours, I don't care, but we just need something there to where it's for you. It energizes you and then go to that next priority. Maybe it's holiday traditions. Maybe it's elf on the shelf. I don't know, but really making a plan, looking at your week and saying, what am I going to do this week to serve each of these five priorities? Just pick one thing to start but really putting it on your calendar. I think it's so important to make and keep appointments with yourself, just as you would your boss, just as you would, you know, maybe it's your favorite podcaster and you're like, oh, if I had, you know, time to sit down at lunch with her, I would not miss that. Making all those appointments with yourself with that same mindset, same attitude, and then showing up for it, that's just gonna feel so much better. All the other things are gonna pile on the calendar and it's gonna feel a little chaotic and crazy. But if you can go to bed at night saying, And feeling like, oh, I showed up for my top five priorities today or maybe this week at the end of the week, it's going to feel really good for you, even in the midst of all the chaos. Okay. So planner, you hit planner. I love planners. Oh my God. I love them so much, (laughs) but I've been looking at my planner and uh, like, so maybe I'm not prioritizing. That could be (laughs) number one, but how can you give like some hints on like how to plan because I can fill up those sections so easily. And then I, I love crossing out. Oh my gosh, I have like a physical me planner. Too. I love that. That's such a, uh, it just makes me so happy just to cross things out. But it's a, if I look at my planner, it's a mess. Like someone would sit and go, Lisa, you have an issue. So mm-hmm. what do you tell parents maybe who maybe over plan or how can you help people plan better? Yeah. So the first step is going to be to widen your lens and think in terms of this month, you know, and really say in the, in the next 30 days, what do I want to have accomplished? Mm -hmm. And again, every time I have my clients plan, I have them have like right in front of them written out their top five priorities. That way they can start with those things. Okay. So of my top five priorities, what do I want to accomplish in the next 30 days? So we're getting really broad to start. And then we're going to brain dump a huge list. It's going to be very long. And if we keep that list, that's where most people stop at on a to-do list. It can feel very overwhelming. So then what you're going to do is take that list, then go to your planner, which I love that you love planners. It's the end of the year. So all the 2024 planners are going to come out. And I know everybody's excited for those. But so much of the planners that you'll find on Amazon or just wherever are going to have a lot of fluff to them. And I highly recommend people like cross off sections of the planner and rip out the pages that, you know, are super intensive habit trackers. 
really simplify your planner is to start, you know, if you have a planner with a million different, you know what I mean? Like things to fill in, it's going to get very overwhelming. We're going to take that big list that you brain, brainstorm at the beginning of the month or mid month, whatever, and then begin putting them into your calendar, but not until you first schedule your self-care and white spaces on your calendar. So that's the first thing that I tell my clients to time block out and to schedule. I'm a big fan of time blocking, really saying not just what day, but what time am I going to fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. But before you put all the things, all the tasks on your calendar, you're going to want to schedule out your self-care and then white space. Okay. What is white space? I don't know white space. Great question. (laughs) So white space is just kind of nothing is going on the calendar. So you know, if you have a Google calendar, you have the purple boxes, green boxes, we Mm -hmm. want white boxes that are Mm -hmm. no touch zones. So that is time for you to feel the peace, to feel like the calm. It's getting out of the hustle mode, out of productivity, accomplishing mode, checking the boxes to be able to rest. Mm -hmm. Maybe with that white space, you sit on the couch Maybe you're eating dinner with your family, whatever it is. But that white space to me is what allows you to live while also having a lot of amazing goals that you're chasing and accomplishing things, but giving yourself time to just be. Oh, I love white space. I don't have white space, but I love white space because I also feel like sometimes when you have like, I'm going to do this from nine to 10, 10 to 11, blah, blah, blah. There's no life. There's no joy. It's like you're being sucked into this schedule and there's no flexibility. So I love white space. To me, that's like flexibility in life. Yeah, it is. And like, so, so many of us want to like get rid of the chaos. And I'm of the opinion of we actually don't need to get rid of all the chaos. Chaos is life. But what we can do is like have those like still moments within the chaotic time, within the chaotic holiday season if we prioritize white space, I love they say I love white space. I do too. Everyone does. We just don't prioritize it. And so if we can really go to our calendars, right, they're totally blank and block off what sections do we want to keep blank. Maybe right now that's going to start if you're looking at like planning this next week. Maybe you only have 15 minutes of white space that you can offer right now. That's going to feel good to you. Then bump it up to 30 minutes. So even if it's small, it doesn't have to be like, you know, these three hours, I'm not doing anything today, but just time to give yourself to be present and to live. And if you're a mom, that's the time where you can maybe just sit on the floor and play a game with your kids or, you know, bust out the Uno deck. I just read that Uno officially came out and said, you cannot put a draw two on a draw two. FYI, I just learned that. Did not know that. (laughs) But it's like time to just like live. And I think that's really important if we're going to want to feel fulfilled during the busy months and the busy year. Ah, oh, so much is going through my head when you're saying all this. But first of all, I do want to capture the mm-hmm. simplicity because that's actually my new year word for the Love new it. year. I like words that kind of symbolize things and simplicity is my word. And I did order a new planner from Amazon, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I <love> Amazon. <laughs> it comes in like two days. It's great. But I looked at the most simplest one because I do have one that I love right now, but it has so many things and sections. And honestly, it drives me a little nuts. And so I wanted the monthly calendar, the daily calendar, and a little space to like put my goals or, you know, a little word of affirmation or something fun for me. And that is all. I didn't want all the other stuff. So 
Yes. I love that. So I do want to shout that out. Well, I think that's so great. Actually, one of my favorite Amazon plan or planners is on Amazon and I, I recommend it to my clients. It's a time blocking planner, but I do have them rip out the first like seven pages when they get it. Cause it's just a lot of extra stuff that, you know, if you're someone who looks at it and you're like, Oh, this is energizing. And I love answering these questions. And I'm going to refer back to them. I love it. Keep everything that feels good. But if it feels like another thing to do, like now you need to fill out this habit tracker or now you need to come up with an affirmation every single day, if that feels like a lot, then just don't don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'm a big advocate for a B minus attitude towards the life, towards planning. If we can go B minus, we are winning. So uh. if you're keeping, you know, 80%, 75% of your appointments with yourself, you are winning. I love that you're giving us permission to like rip up a new planner because like that to me would be like, oh, I can't destroy my planner. But yeah, if it's not serving us, why am I just doing it? Because I, it comes with it. That just seems silly. So I love that permission to do that. Right. And also like customize it too. Like maybe one of the boxes in your planner is, you know, like write down your three big rocks for the day, go for it. But if you want to like delete that out or just like you know, cross out the word rocks and put priorities or, you know, three things you're grateful for, like utilize that space, but in a way that will serve you. And that makes you excited to fill it out. If you also don't want to do any of that every day, just again, a big cross out is great. I will say though, I love paper planners. I find that they just work so much better. There is something psychologically, like how our brain works when we write something down you hit on, you love crossing things out. I do too. I don't really know many people who don't. It just feels good to be able to cross that out and to visually see on paper your time. So I really recommend time blocking calendars where you see every hour of the day, you have a better awareness around what can I get done and where am I overloading myself when you actually have to dedicate a specific time block, a specific you know, seven to 7.30 time period on your calendar is going to help you to not overschedule yourself. Love it. And yes, love writing. I'll I'll even take my planner and I'll put on top of it, like before, like it's the week and I put on top of the week, my particular goal or manifestation even, like mm-hmm. what I want to get from that week. And so that when I open it every day, I can see it right there. But I also know it can can change next week and it could be a new goal or a new thing. So I, I love doing that in my own. Yeah. I love that. It's almost like what's this week's priority? Like we have all these fun goals and stuff, but like this week, what is our like number one? Another thing that I'll mention that is really helpful is reviewing your plans the night before. So you're going to have like a beginning of the week planning session, plan everything out. But then every single night before you go to bed, I like to just to look I like to kind of review the plan, see if anything needs to be adjusted. I like to see, do I ha- did I schedule enough breaks? Again, that's that white space. If I have a task from 7 to 7.30, 7.30 to 9, 9.30, I'm going to visualize that day and already know I'm going to feel very rushed. I'm going to feel exhausted. So I'll go in the night before and say, okay, like what, what breaks can I give myself? Where can I adjust things? And then before I go to bed, I 100% commit And I actually used to put my signature at the bottom of like that day of just being like, okay, I'm going to 100% commit to these plans and go all in, go to sleep. That helps with waking up to your alarm in the morning if you struggle with that. 
to be like, all right, I got stuff to get done and I'm excited because I committed to it. I'm going to show up for myself in this way. And then you do the repeat, right? You just rinse and repeat every day, really committing to the things that are there. And if there are things that you're not 100% on board with, then let's just cross them off. Let's get rid of them. Yes. I do that actually at night. I find if I don't, what happens to me in the morning, I feel like chaos. I don't know where to begin. So when I write my plan the night before, it's like I'm waking up and I know where to go. There's no question. Like it just works better for me too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. And getting down to like the nitty gritty of like, I I work a lot with my clients on their morning routines is I don't want you just time blocking out, you know, morning routine for this amount of time. I need you to know exactly what you're doing and at what times those transitions are, or you're going to have your alarm going off and you're going to, your brain's going to tell you, oh, you just 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. But when you know, Oh no, because in 15 minutes, I'm transitioning to this next thing, whether it's manifestation, whether it's exercise, whether it's a shower, whatever it is, you need to know exactly what you're doing and when you're doing it to be able to get yourself to make that progress and to make that sacrifice of getting out of our warm, cozy beds and actually showing up. Yeah, I'm in the middle of reading. I don't know if you've heard of it. Atomic Habits. It's like a big popular book out there, right? Oh my God, addicted, addicted to it. And what they say is like, there's a big correlation. If you know what time and where and what you're going to do, you're going to be more successful in creating that habit, right? So Mm -hmm. people want to lose weight or exercise. Oh, I want to get healthier. I'm going to exercise every morning. Well, you're not going to do it unless you know, I'm going to go down to the basement at, you know, 6am and I'm going to get on the treadmill. Then you're going to do it because you have all the things that you need to do versus like, I'm going to exercise. And then you get up and you're like, well, what am I going to do? Yes. <laughs> or where am totally. I going to do it? Totally. And you know what? Like some people, like when I first talked to them about planning and like, even like that detailed planning, they get really freaked out. Like, well, if I plan on that level, I'm going to lose all flexibility or it's going to be exhausting, like spending all this time planning things out. And it's totally the opposite. Like when we plan, we have more flexibility. We have more of that white space. Mm-hmm. And also we have so much less de- decision fatigue, right? Like your brain likes very, it's like a toddler. I call it like your adult brain and your toddler brain. Like the adult brain is what the brain that is really good at planning and prioritization and making logical decisions. And then your lower brain, your toddler brain always wants to get you out of those plans. And so we can make it very, very clear to our lower brain, our toddler brain. This is when I'm going to do it. This is what the task is. And this is where there's not a whole lot that the lower brain can fight with. And then we stop having to rehash those decisions every single morning at 5.30 a.m. Or every night before you go to bed, you know, do I want to turn on my alarm clock or do I not want to? If we can plan really, really well and very clearly we actually have more energy because we're not constantly having the brain chatter of, should I do it? Should I not? Oh, I should. I don't want to. All of that stuff is just not needed. Totally. And I have to ask, like, there's so much that goes on during this time period. But I think what happens, even if we plan everything, we prioritize everything, like, sometimes we get caught up in all that, that I feel like personally, I miss the joy. Like, so how do we create, like, actually enjoying the Mm -hmm. moments during this time. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes I'm just too busy. I'm not enjoying those moments with my family. I'm not enjoying anything because I'm just like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I've made yes. it. <laughs> yes. So kind of two parts. One is more of the tactical thing and one is more the mindset. So I'll, I'll speak to the mindset piece first. And the top emotion when I talk to clients or women or, you know, just people in general, the emotion is always overwhelm. And Brene Brown said it so perfectly in her latest book that overwhelm is not just an emotion, but it really is an experience of all of our emotions. Okay. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, it means you're, you know, feeling your emotions at a 10, but you're only really paying attention to them at a five. And you don't, you understand them at a level of a two, right? Mm. And so when we kind of piece that apart, it's like, okay, are we having time? This is why morning routines I'm so passionate about to be able to feel your emotions. Like that is necessary. If you do not take the time to feel your emotions, I'm a like huge advocate for journaling because that's where we can get in and understand our emotions, right? Mm -hmm. We need time in our day, or if you feel like there's no room in the day, then okay, once a week, take some time to just sit in silence, sit in quiet, feel the emotions, right? Just feel them, name them, and then find them where where are they at in the body? Okay, maybe it's overwhelmed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Where am I feeling overwhelmed in my body? Take some deep breaths, just allow them to feel. And then we want to understand them. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Is because I think I need to be doing everything? Is it because I feel like I'm not enough? Is because my mother-in-law said X, Y, or Z, and now I'm making that mean a whole bunch of stuff about our relationship and who I am as a mom. You know, I think it's really important that we take time to own that we are not our emotions. It's just what we are feeling in that moment because of what we're thinking. So life coaching is all about, right? Getting into those thoughts. What are the thoughts that are causing us to feel a certain way that are then causing us to act in a certain way that are then giving us our results in life? So I think one big piece is if we don't have time to like self-care is such a trendy thing, right? Like, oh, self-care, self-care. But really what self-care is, is allowing yourself to feel those emotions and understand them. And that's going to allow you to then enjoy the other moments so much better because we're not at this heightened level of like, the, you know, the bottle under pressure that's going to pop because we've allowed ourselves to process some stuff. And then we can kind of go with the flow a little bit more. So really, it feels like coming back to a little bit of also just time, that white, that white space that I just learned about really, yes. because that space will allow you to maybe take a breath, calm yourself down, feel what you're feeling, or give yourself that self-care you need to then show up for everyone else and actually have a good time as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think having that white space gives us permission to just be a human for a second, not be in a someone accomplishing things, not being mom making dinner, not being, you know, what all the other roles that we fill, not being the employee that needs to get something into their boss before end of day. Mm -hmm. White space allows us to just be a human, just feel some emotions, just Take a deep breath, right? Calm your nervous system, whatever, or just turn on a show, whatever you want to do with that time, but then be able to then go to that next day or that next, you know, thing on your calendar. I, I also have a strong belief that emotions are practiced. So if we're practicing overwhelm, what's going to come really natural to us is overwhelm. A lot of people actually freak out about the idea of white space on their calendar. because They're like, I don't want to be alone with myself and my thoughts. Like I'll just rip myself to shreds, mm -hmm. you know? And so like being stillness is a practice. We have to practice being still. We have to practice being calm. We have to practice being intentional or present. 
again, the white space on your calendar allows you to practice those emotions. And then it's going to bleed out and become more natural in your everyday, you know, making dinner for the family moments. But we need to carve out that time in our mornings. Maybe you want to say just in my evenings, but ideally you get to a place where you have time management skills to where you have your white space throughout your day. You have a morning routine and an evening routine, no matter how short, to be able to practice those emotions that you want to be showing up in your everyday life with. What is your favorite, I guess, practice that you use and do? So that is hard because I've noticed I I actually used to wake up at 4 a.m. And I had three hours of a morning routine and I absolutely loved it. And I did that for about two and a half years. And then I decided I want to scale back that and start waking up at, you know, 5.30 or 5.20 was the time that I decided. What I noticed was by cutting out the things that I had already felt were so enjoyable and felt good to me, were energizing to me, I then missed because Mm -hmm. I liked having time in the morning for prayer, for scripture study. I liked having time for yoga and meditation and all of those things for exercise for a shower that, you know, was before all the kids woke up and no one was saying my name. So for me, it's a combo. I I don't think that it's a necessarily a task, but it's the feeling of unrushed, whatever that Mm -hmm. feeling is, but the opposite of rush and hustle. That's the feeling that I like to chase in my morning routine. And I do that through, right, those series of things, but really what it comes down to is how they make me feel. And for someone else, those activities might not light them up. And so again, it's finding out journaling, you know, what do I enjoy doing? What if, what fills my cup up? And that's going to look very different for everyone. And so really just owning what that is. I have a client right now who she's like, I love scrolling social media. Everybody always talks about how bad it is for you. She's like, I actually enjoy it. And I'm like, if you enjoy it and you leave it feeling energized, let's schedule it. Like, let's go for it. You know, someone else might say, I would rather die than take a bubble bath. Don't take a bubble bath. Like, that's ridiculous. So a lot of it's getting to know yourself and really asking the question, what lights me up? What leaves me feeling better, more energized and fulfilled after that activity? I love that somebody actually enjoys scrolling on social media. I mean, for me, that drains me a bit, but... I love that someone is like open and saying like, yeah, that fills me. And so, yeah, it's going to look so different for everyone. And I'm a morning person too, but I don't think everyone probably that's listening are morning people. And I want to say that's okay. You can put your white space anytime you want really. So it could be, if you're a, some people are night people, right? I am like sleeping at nine o'clock that I'm not a night person. <laughs> I'm like, good night. Yeah. Day is done. But I also am a 5am person, but finding that space and what fills you or refuels you. If you're a night person, maybe it's refueling you from the day, right? So you're ready to go the next day. I think that is such an important piece. I agree. And it goes back to you know, the elf on the shelf. If that fills you up and you're like, I love the type of mom I'm being, then we want to keep that activity going. If you're doing an activity because you should be doing it, maybe that's you should be waking up early or you should be doing elf or you should be doing journaling and it doesn't light you up, then we need to give ourselves permission to be unique and to know ourselves better than anyone else knows us and to own that and to then plan our days accordingly. My one only caution to that is we do need to try on habits for a long enough time to really see the fruit of them. Mm -hmm. Just like with exercise. If you haven't exercised in a really long time, 
the gym is not going to feel great at first, you know, but we need to stick with it for a long enough time. I say at least two weeks when you're trying on different habits. That's what I recommend for, you know, clients I begin working with. And they're like, I don't know what I would even want to do with self-care time. It's like, Mm -hmm. let's try on habits. Let's get to know you. Like, it's just like trying on pants. They're not all going to look the same on everyone. So let's try on a bunch of different sizes, bunch of different colors, but we're going to need to stick with a few of them for at least seven to 14 days to really know what do these produce in my life. But be feel free to give yourself permission to be like, nope, not those jeans. I don't wear skinny. I don't wear high-waisted, whatever it is, and own them. That's just not you. Totally. That's perfect. So where can listeners find you and what do you offer? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is next level you coaching. So, right, we're doing coaching, we're doing life coaching, we're taking you to that next level. And my website, I actually just came out with a new free two-day mini course. You can go to Kelly Forsyth, my last name, well, first and last name is spelled unique. Kelly is K-E-L-L-I-E, last name Forsyth, F-O-R-S-Y-T-H, dot com slash coaching. You can register for that free mini course. We talk about all about time management, reclaiming your time, being able to have the chaos but also incorporate intentionally the calm in our day. So that's a free mini course. You can also apply on that same page to work with me. I work with clients one-on-one in coaching sessions to where we have three months together to really go all in on your goals. Some clients I meet with weekly for 30 minutes, some an hour. It's very customizable to where you are now and where you want to go. So that's how you can work with me. And I will have it in the show notes as well. Perfect. So what can the listeners that are here today do to take that next step for them in just getting ready for this holiday season and prioritizing and planning and all the good stuff we talked about? Yeah. So one we talked about a little, I'll give you two, but one we talked about a little bit already, which is what are your top five things? Like for some people might be sleep. Some people might be their faith. Maybe it's, you know, getting a promotion at work, whatever it is for you. Again, own that it's unique to you. There's no right or wrong priority list, but writing down, whether it's notes on your phone or in your journal, what are your top five priorities for this season? Again, your priorities can change. I love that you mentioned that your goals change every week. You just write whatever's on top. Some people try to like narrow themselves into a box of like, oh no, my top five is gonna be really stressful. It's like, no, we can change this every week, every month. What are your top five for this holiday season? The next thing I'll have you do is at nighttime, if you don't have any night routine yet, the only thing I would say is start writing down or at least just thinking out loud, maybe while you're brushing your teeth, what are the three wins of today? Celebrating those micro wins The wins can be really small. They're not like I wrapped all the presents and finished all the Christmas shopping. A win might be, you know, I'm brushing my teeth today and that's what I had to offer. So what are your top five priorities? And then every day, what are the three, my three wins, my three micro wins that I can celebrate, look back on and not get caught up in what's to come, all that you need to do, but give yourself a little bit of time to look back and acknowledge what you've already brought to the table. Uh, So many of us do not do that, right? We are just always looking for what's next, what else can I accomplish? But looking back at those even small accomplishments can really affect your mood and change how you see things. You're like, wow, I've already done all these things. And you don't even notice that. I I really love that practice. Yeah. One of the main things women say is no one notices all that I do. Mm -hmm. And my question is, how are you noticing you? Let's just start with you. 
you know, yes. like, are you noticing that you made cereal for dinner? Like that's something mom, like we did something for dinner. Like notice you first and you're going to like how you show up so much better and it's going to feel a lot better. Right. Because when you're noticing yourself, then others will also notice that too. So yeah, I think that's key. Well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation. I already feel calm going through (laughs) December. I am ready to hit the ground running and I'm excited to try all your tips. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you gain insight into managing your time for the holiday season and that you can enjoy the moments with your family.